the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Program. My name is Bob France, sitting in for Dennis. So glad to be a part of your day. I'm coming to you live from MyRelieffactor.com, home studio of AM 1420, The Answer, in Cleveland, Ohio. Always love sitting in for Dennis because I always get a chance to talk to his brilliant audience. I've always said that I love to learn as much during a day's program as I do teach. And I do try to present some important, valuable information in an educational format, but I always love to learn from... Uh, very intelligent and aware people. And so I welcome you to be a part of this program today. A lot of very important things that we're going to do today, but none of them, in my estimation, is any more important than expressing our patriotism to this great land that is so despised and so um, assaulted and attacked by the American left. Um, I've... I've begun to do this on my own show, and I've actually done it for many, many, many months now. My own show is uh, in Cleveland on WHK, 1420 AM. Online, it's com in Cleveland. And I've been doing this for many, many, many months. I don't know exactly how many. I think it goes back into last year. But um, I decided whenever I sit down on one of our fantastic Salem National programs, I'm going to bring it to uh, life here as well. And that is our simple Pledge of Allegiance. It started because... There was a board, uh, a, a city council, a Democratic-run city council that protested here locally in Northeast Ohio the starting of their, their uh, city council meetings with the Pledge of Allegiance. And uh, some of the more conservative-minded, patriotic individuals on the council stood up and did it anyway, even as the Democratic um, chair of the council uh, tried to hammer it down and say, stop that. They did it anyway, and it just... It was just so aggravating because it was so unnecessary. It's a simple pledge of allegiance to a flag which represents this great nation, which gives us the freedom to be jerks about not wanting to pledge allegiance. And, uh, you know, you add this to what just happened. You probably heard Dennis or one of Dennis's guest hosts over the last couple of weeks talking about this. You know, the teacher in uh, California who bragged on a TikTok video that she created, her own little selfie video, in which she bragged about not having an American flag in her student's classroom. And when students wanted to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, they complained that they had nowhere to face because there was no flag nearby. She said, yeah, I put that away during COVID. You remember this? You probably heard the story. I put that away during COVID, and I don't know where it is now. I'll find it at some point. It's in a box somewhere. And then she kind of giggled in her little video and winky-winky, like I'm never going to look for it because I don't want it. I don't like it. It made her uncomfortable. What a flag had to do in her classroom with COVID-19 restrictions? 
is still a mystery to me. But she bragged about it and she giggled about it and thought she was just the cutest thing in the world. And when a student said, what do we do then? How do we face our flag? She said, face that one and pledge your allegiance to that one. And that one happened to be the rainbow flag, the gay pride parade type of flag that she had hanging proudly in her classroom. We have since come to learn, you probably know this too, so apologies if this is redundant for you, but I want to make sure that those who don't know do know. There was another video of her parading around her classroom during Pride Month in June in, you know, rainbow suspenders and rainbow clothes and rainbow shirts and this and that and the other and all of the love wins this and all of the gender theory that. And, you know, she's just one of these radical nut job teachers who is there to indoctrinate and not to educate. So she suggested that the students uh, pledge allegiance to the gay flag. Well, her little uh, little boast uh, and her little you know joy ride there on uh, on the rainbow ended somewhat when she was removed from her classroom. So she is now out of the school. She is still being paid while an investigation is conducted. So that's kind of problematic. But there's a chance maybe she'll be removed entirely from the teaching profession, which, of course, she should be. At any rate, all that did when I saw that story and reported on that story was kind of steal my resolve to make sure that I start every radio broadcast that I do with our Pledge of Allegiance. So I always ask my local Northeast Ohio audience to do what I'm about to ask you to do. And you'd be surprised at the people that I meet in public who tell me, thank you, Bob. I stand every single day. I'll go out and I'll give speeches at local events and various you know, causes, or I'll just be at a football game and people will recognize me and say, thank you for that Pledge of Allegiance. I stand every day and I believe them. Why would they come out of their way, go out of their way to tell me that if it weren't true? So what I ask them to do is what I'm asking you to do right now, and that is go ahead and stand at attention if you would. If you have a flag nearby you, please face it. If you don't, just go ahead and put your hand over your heart. And join us for this simple pledge of allegiance to our great country. And as I always tell my leftist listeners, leftists, liberals, Democrats, Biden voters, Taliban supporters, you can go ahead and take your knee or sit this one out. We know how you feel about our country. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I was asked yesterday, and thank you, patriots, for standing at attention and for at least uh, uh, going along with me on that. I was asked yesterday to give a speech coming up in about a week. In fact, less than a week. It's next this coming Sunday. The event is... Not the important thing here, but I was asked to give a speech, and, and the topic of the speech that I've been asked to give is the three or four greatest issues or challenges facing our country. And I said, done. I said, I could name all four of them right now without even doing any research and writing the speech. She said, what are they? I said, I'm not going to tell you. you have to find out like everybody else does at the speech. One of them was not patriotism, but it could be. I, just to just to kind of buttress the point that I made, I believe a lack of national pride, a lack of 
um, national. I'm looking for the another word for pride here, and I'm struggling a little bit here, but a belief in American exceptionalism that used to kind of, you know, be found, I think, in the in the hearts and under the chests of. Of, of most Americans, almost all Americans, particularly in times of crisis and in times of, you know, when our nation has been attacked. But just generally speaking, we know what we have as Americans that nobody else has. Quite frankly, that's the biggest part of this. I mean, I've said this before. I think I've even said this to Dennis's audience. So maybe you've heard me talk about this before. When is the last time you heard anybody? on a national or international newscast, in an interview, a story, an essay, a book, talk about trying to achieve the French dream? And the answer is probably never. And that's no knock specifically on France. But you don't hear about the German dream. You don't hear about the Russian dream. You don't hear about the Chilean dream. You don't hear about the Venezuelan dream. You don't hear about the South African dream or the Australian dream. The dream that people all over the world have is the American dream. The ability to come to America, raise a family here, get a job, learn a trade, learn a skill, open a business, buy a house, have a family. The American dream is what everybody talks about. And by and large, I think that's something that has driven America to its heights over the course of the last several decades. But today, I'll be honest with you, with our younger generations, they have not been taught about the American dream. They have not been taught that it is an an extraordinary privilege to be here, to be born here. Because you have opportunities here that nobody else in the world has. And there are other free countries, but those freedoms come with restrictions that you do not have here in the United States of America. It's unfettered. Liberty in this country is unfettered. And it's something that we used to take an extraordinary amount of pride in. And I think that drove us to be the greatest economic superpower in the history of the world. It drove us to becoming the greatest military power in the history of the world. It drove us to becoming the greatest humanitarian nation in the history of the world to be the greatest force for good in the history of the world. And we all lived it, and we all felt great pride in it. I'm not saying everybody has to say the pledge every day. I do it, and I, and I, and I do it live on my show. But it's not about just saying it, it's about living it. And so my friend said, Bob, can you give a speech on the four most important issues and and threats facing our country, I said, absolutely. And this one didn't make the cut, but it sure as heck could. The lack of patriotism, the lack of belief in American exceptionalism, the lack of belief in American pride, the belief that America is a place that has gone awry, that America was founded on something awful like slavery and it has been built upon that awful institution throughout its entire 250-year history. That's, that's the mindset that has taken over for our younger generations because that is what is being taught by our educational system. And I think you could argue that one of the biggest threats that, that our nation faces right now is truly just a lack of American pride. The belief 
that saying the Pledge of Allegiance is controversial in any way, that it should be, uh, there's a big vote, there's a big vote coming as to whether or not we should say the pledge before the meetings, before the first uh, school bell, or whatever the case. The fact that that's considered to be controversial is mind-blowing. The fact that our national anthem and whether or not we should stand and put our hand on our hearts or kneel and desecrate it is mind-blowing. A lot to talk about today. My name is Bob Franson for Dennis Prager. I'll be right back. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 500 800-500-8384. 21 minutes after the hour. Thanks so much for joining us. Bob France sitting in for Dennis. Dennis is leading the High Holy Day services this year. Rosh Hashanah service today, Yom Kippur next week. It's not too late to watch. Those services are recorded, so you can watch any portion that you may have missed from last night or today. Just go to DennisPrager.com, click on the Rosh Hashanah banner, or go to SalemNow.com. So uh, it's a pleasure to be in for Dennis here. We're just talking about American pride, and we're just talking about American exceptionalism because it just it's lacking. It's as much of a threat to, to this country I think as any Taliban, as any uh, you know, foreign communist power like China. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like the threat from within is as dangerous as it gets for our country, and perhaps much more so than the threat from... Let me give you an example. Too. I was talking about the teachers a moment ago. You know, the one teacher who told the kid to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the gay pride flag because she didn't have an American flag. This is, this is the threat. This is the threat... When you take her and multiply her by the thousands of radical indoctrinators in the, um, in the, in the National uh, Education Association, that's the teacher's biggest union, the AFT, which is the American Federation of Teachers, that's the other. Those are the two biggest unions. What are they made of? What are they made of? I, have you ever heard of the company Teach for America? Know what Teach for America is? Teach for America is a nonprofit organization. And let me pull it up real quick because I looked at it earlier this morning when I saw this job application. They're a, non, they're a nonprofit whose stated mission is to enlist, develop, and mobilize as many as possible of our nation's most promising future leaders to grow and strengthen the movement of educational equity and excellence. The organization aims to accomplish this by recruiting and selecting college graduates from top universities around the United States to serve as teachers. 
And these college graduates from top universities are coming from where? From the most liberal indoctrination centers that we have in American education. Then we're going to put them in front of classrooms where they're going to pass it on to your susceptible children, to your five-year-olds and your 18-year-olds. Well, Teach for America, I had this sent to me by a friend who got a chuckle out of it as well as I did, but also I'm very concerned about it. It's a job application that was posted on the Teach for America website. The job application listing, which was uh, actually from last month on August 18th, was for a vice president of equity and belonging. Does your company have a vice president of equity and belonging? Teach for America does. They're seeking, the salary is confidential, they are seeking a VP of equity and belonging who will report to and be an an essential thought partner to the chief of equity and belonging. There's a chief, too. In addition to a VP, there's a chief of equity and belonging. Those sound nice, too, don't they? Don't those sound wonderful? Because equity sounds so much like equality, it's got to be good, right? And belonging? Who doesn't want to be belong? Who doesn't want to feel welcomed and belonged? Of course, those are great things, right? Your primary role will be to ensure that all TFA staff understand their roles in advancing racial equity and have the necessary resources available to them to do so. This will include a work to assist in planning, directing, managing, and overseeing day-to-day activities and operations to increase the the organization's capacity to create greater racial equity within and beyond the organization. In partnership with the Chief of Equity and Belonging and the Office of Equity and Belonging team, you will be responsible for determining and managing the racial equity, belonging, diversity, equity, Apparently, there's a difference between equity and racial equity. And inclusiveness development for the executive leadership team, along with engaging with external-facing constituents as proxy to the chief of equity and belonging. Another key role is to be a partner to consultants and partners who will help support and advance our work toward becoming an anti-racist organization. And there it is. There's the money line. Equity, belonging, inclusion. By the way, don't forget diversity. It's kind of funny. You hear a lot of people talking about the concerns that they have of DEI. They call DEI uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're they're clearly missing the boat here because what they need to do is reorder those to DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity, because then the, the acronym will spell DIE which is exactly what they are trying to do. They are trying to kill education and unity in the United States of America. DIE is far better than DEI when it comes to what these people are doing. Now, this is Teach for America, an organization whose job and mission, as I said, is to find uh, high-achieving students from the nation's top universities and turn them into anti-racist, racial equity, belonging, diversity, equity, and inclusiveness teachers. In other words, indoctrinators. And although I know I don't have to explain to this very uh, intelligent audience what anti-racism is, anti-racism, of course, is the ticket that allows one to be racist to white people. Anti-racism 
only can only be achieved when white people pay a penalty, when white people pay a price for perceived wrongs done by their ancestors and for things that they're going to, to do wrong that they probably don't even know about yet because racism and oppressiveness is in their DNA. You cannot be colorblind according to anti-racism. You cannot be colorblind according to die. That mission, that goal, that dream, once held by the likes of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., of being colorblindness, or colorblind, rather, where the sons of former slaves and former slaves owner can sit together at a table of unity. That's long gone. That's so passe. No, 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 no. Colorblindness is so out. Now you must be color aware. And if that color is dark, you must recognize that person as being oppressed, that person being victimized. And you must make it your mission to unvictimize them, give them preferential treatment, make sure that they know that they will never be given a fair shake in a white world, and that you will do everything you can to apologize for the sins of, that their ancestors may have suffered. That color awareness means that you must also be or recognize that when that skin is light rather than dark, you are now staring at an oppressor, at someone who's prejudiced, at someone who's racist, at someone who is privileged, as someone who is um, unable because it's in their DNA to be what they are, but unable to be fair to people who are of a darker hue. And this is being taught to future teachers by Teach for America. It's being promoted by current teachers in the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers. And you wonder what the biggest threat to our country is? It's the next generation because of teachers in this generation. I'll be right back. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal up to 600 thousand ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. 33 minutes past the hour. That leaves us 27 minutes before the top of the hour. I just need a, you know, that was unplanned, by the way. That entire first two segments of the program were unplanned. I just, I you know, I start my shows with a Pledge of Allegiance. I was so put off by that teacher who did the whole gay flag thing, pledge allegiance to that. I don't have an American flag thing. I just needed to get into the lack of American pride, the lack of American exception or the belief in American exceptionalism rather in uh, the young generation because of what is being done to them by the education educators and the education system in this country. Now let's go to Afghanistan and let's let's do this. Let's talk. And I should give you the phone number because we do want to hear from you. 8 Prager 776. That's 877 243 
7776. You know how to reach the program. I do want to talk to you, but I do want to give you a little bit of information now. What do you what I'm about to do is whataboutism. The left likes to call it whataboutism. That when you criticize something that Joe Biden has done or something like that, or I'm sorry, rather, when Joe Biden gets away with something and then you say, what if Donald Trump would, they call that whataboutism. I don't care what they call it. It's factual. If Donald Trump and his administration tried to take credit for an evacuation of American citizens behind terrorist lines and they had nothing to do with it, the media would go crazy over it. But not so much when it works out this way. Marianne was unable to get into the Kabul airport a couple of weeks ago amid all that chaos. She was stopped outside by the Taliban who put a gun to her head. Then she was abandoned when US forces left the country. But she was saved thanks to a private team that got to them, drove them to the north of the country, and then after multiple attempts across the border to safety in a third country. But immediately, the State Department took credit for it, saying they facilitated the escape when in fact, they had practically nothing to do with it. In fact, this was a private operation led by Congressman Corey Mills, Ronnie Jackson, and military veterans, Congressman Mullen, who was also involved, hit out at the State Department, tweeting, this is a flat-out lie. The Biden administration abandoned them. Let's be clear, it was our team of patriots who worked around the clock for two weeks to get them out. That's a report from Fox News, and you just heard uh, one of the uh, members of Congress who was responsible for this, uh, Congressman Mullen uh, from, uh, from Oklahoma, worked with Ronnie Jackson, congressman from Texas, along with Corey Mills, who is a candidate for Congress in Florida, all working their tail off with private in- institutions to free this family of four that they knew that were there. And they worked on a private mission to make this happen. And when they brought them across uh, the border and into a U.S. embassy, then Tony Blinken who is the Secretary of State, Barack Obama's, or I'm sorry, Joe Biden, well, maybe that was an intentional slip. Joe Biden's uh, chief diplomat, top diplomat, the Secretary of State, claimed that they themselves, they announced, quote, the U.S. has facilitated the safe departure of four U.S. citizens by overland route from Afghanistan. Embassy staff was present upon their arrival. Embassy staff was present upon their arrival. They ought to be. They work in the embassy. Did they go into Afghanistan and get these people out? No. So how can you claim that you facilitated the safe departure of these four citizens? You know what it is, in all seriousness. It, it, it sounds very much like stolen valor. What is stolen valor? Stolen valor is when somebody who is not a member of the military tries to claim that they were and that they did heroic things, or they are members of the military who did not do heroic things but tried to claim credit for heroism in the line of duty. Well, this is the United States State Department under Tony Blinken, Secretary of State to Joe Biden, claiming credit for heroic work done by a private organization. And that's what this was. Corey Mills and his team of military veterans drawing on funding by private donors, including the Sentinel Foundation, literally went into Afghanistan to rescue this woman, Miriam, and her three children, where they had been abandoned on direct command by the Biden administration, which held to their timeline, which the Taliban then called a red line, rather than doing what he told George Stephanopoulos he would do, and that is keep American troops on the ground until every American is out. 
He abandoned hundreds of Americans and thousands of Afghan assistants who are loyal to the American cause. So you've got private citizens working with members of Congress to go in there and rescue these American citizens. And Tony Blinken and the State Department wants to claim credit for it. It's stolen valor. It is stolen valor. And it is shameful. And if it is something, again, back to whataboutism, that if Donald Trump and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo tried to pull, it would be the end of their careers. I, as you may know, am very interested in food and nutrition. I do do daily fasting. I'm a big believer in eating healthfully. So Uprising's mission is to, in their words, liberate us from a broken food system. And they've cracked the code on healthy bread. I don't know of anything this healthy that also tastes good and that is this fresh. Two net carbs per serving. That's it. It's basically nothing. Six grams of protein, nine grams of fiber. Now you'd think, how's that going to taste? Well, they have different flavors. I find some of them absolutely delicious. They cover paleo to clean keto to simple low-carb to high-fiber to dairy-free to grain-free in your diet. So I strongly suggest that you try them. They have now have what they call freedom chips. Go to uprisingfood.com and use the code Prager to get $10 off the starter bundle. It's like a mini trip to the grocery store minus all the unhealthy distractions. They ship directly to your door, uprisingfood.com, code Prager for $10 off your order. 16 minutes before the top of the hour on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in for Dennis live in the relieffactor.com studios of AM 1420 The Answer here in Cleveland, Ohio. So good to have you aboard. Let's go to the phone calls now at 877-243-7776. That spells 8Prager776 if you want to do it that way. I'm going to tell you, I'm having a little bit of a problem with the call screen program right now. So if I try to go to you and you're not there, I apologize. But we're having some connection issues. And as a matter of fact, yeah, it is completely disconnected now. So, yeah, let's go to Devin. I know Devin was the last call I saw on my screen, or I should say the next call on my screen from the, from the uh, District of Columbia. So, Devin, uh, in D.C., go right ahead. You're on the Dennis Prager Show. Uh how you doing? I'm Devon, good, Devin. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry. I'm doing well. So. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I just wanted to uh, touch bases. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're a little bit broken up. There's a little static, Devin, and I think there's a little delay causing a problem for us. But we can go with it. Go right ahead. Hey, I. Hey, I mean, we know how the far left, you know, you know, operates. Yeah, now we're losing you all together, my friend. Now we, uh, we can't hear you at all, or at least I can't hear you. I'm not sure exactly what the problem is with that. Okay, yeah, so let's, uh, let's move on, and we'll try to go to – I can't see the lines anymore. Put, bring up line three for me. Yeah, line three uh, is John. John, I don't – Chicago, thank you. Apologies for these glitches here, John. I don't have a screen in front of me anymore, but you're on the air, John. Go right ahead. That's okay. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I got you, John. Go ahead. Okay. I want to ask you a question, and I hope you'll allow me to set it up. Um, okay. As you, as you know, at no point during the last 20 years was there ever a time when the Taliban was not going to instantly take over as soon as we left. And Donald Trump ran for office on a pledge to get us out of Afghanistan, withdraw all troops by the end of May of this year, 
He drew down our force to the smallest force yet, 2,500, and he negotiated the release of dozens of Taliban fighters by Pakistan, including the mullah who is now in charge in Afghanistan. And I'm wondering, given that Donald Trump created a situation where it was the strongest possible Taliban and the weakest possible U.S. force, how was he ever going to withdraw our force in Afghanistan by the end of May? Well, two things. Number one, it's not a matter of whether or not he was going to withdraw and whether or not Biden was going to withdraw. They both agreed they wanted to withdraw. It was a matter of how it was to be done. And here's the thing. Did you see what Joe Biden said or actually the White House said on behalf of the president over the weekend as these uh, flights full of people were were not being allowed to leave uh, the airport in Afghanistan over the weekend because the Taliban was using those flights to try to extract more from the U.S. in order to let them go. As the U.S. State Department literally broke American policy and negotiated with these terrorists, um, the statement from the White House was, quote, we do not have personnel on the ground. We do not have air assets in the country. We do not control the airspace. So there's little we could do. What, what, what we all need to realize here is that four weeks ago, we did control the airspace. Four weeks ago with 2,500 American troops and 300,000 Afghan uh, security personnel who stayed to fight as long as there were American troops there, even 2,500 of them, controlled the airspace. No, 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 hold on. Because this is important. The order of things that Trump wanted to do by, by May 31st or May 1st, whatever it was, and what Joe Biden didn't do was to, when we do have control of the airspace, when we do have control of the ground, when we do have our forces combined with other coalition forces, UK forces were there, French forces were there, and the Afghan security forces were there, that's the time that you evacuate every single American citizen, American contractor, Afghan uh, who is loyal to America by working with the Americans as interpreters or in other capacities, You get them out when you do have control of all of the territory. And then you get out your military equipment, the $90 billion worth of American munitions, uh, transport vehicles, weaponry, and so forth. Then you withdraw those troops down to nothing. And if the Taliban comes back in after that, well, that's a terrible outcome that I don't like. But at least then every American is free and every American uh, weapon is in the hands of Americans or at least denied from being in possession of this terrorist organization called the Taliban. Now go ahead. Okay, well, a few things. Again, as I said, at no point during the last 20 years was there ever a time when the Taliban wasn't going to instantly take over when we left. So Donald Trump's pledge to withdraw our troops necessarily meant letting the Taliban take over. I asked you how it would have been different if we'd done it three months ago. Joe Biden at least... I just told you, because he would have done it totally differently. Joe Biden butchered it, John. John, Joe Biden Biden literally did things backwards. There is, there is, there is okay, no disputing that. That's why the letter was signed by hundreds of former admirals so and generals, John, who said that uh, Lloyd Austin, the, the, the defense secretary, must resign. Mark Milley, 
the chairman of the Joint Chiefs must resign. Joe Biden must take responsibility for this because they butchered what should have been a normal orderly withdrawal. Now, full disclosure here, I disagree with Donald Trump, and I disagree with Joe Biden, I disagreed with Barack Obama, and I disagreed with George Bush. Any and every president who has said we should abandon Afghanistan and give it back to the Taliban, I disagreed with. Everybody says, well, we can't fight a forever war. We've got 38,000 troops in South Korea. We're not at war with Korea, are we? But they're there to deter the aggressive bad actions of the North Koreans. We've got 50,000 troops still in Japan. Why? We're not, it's not a forever war. It, there, we are there st- strategically to make sure and deter China. We have 38,000 more troops in Germany. We're not at war with the, with the Nazis anymore, but we're there because strategically it helps deter Russian activity. We keep troops on the ground in places we have battled if it is strategic to do it, and we should, should have done that in Afghanistan. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really, I, I, I know I'm in the minority on this issue because the majority of Americans... I think influenced by a lot of propaganda, to be quite frank, uh, said we need to get out of Afghanistan. We need to get out of Afghanistan. We need to get out of Afghanistan. And I'm in a minority when I say this. I think that's a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. And I don't care if Trump was making the decision or if Obama or Biden made the decision. And they all said they wanted the same thing, by the way. It's just that Biden butchered making it happen. But I think the decision to leave is a giant mistake. Do you know that because of this decision, that on Saturday, when we commemorate, not celebrate, commemorate the terrorist attack on our country, the only people who are going to celebrate it are people like uh, uh, Jihad Omar and uh, Sharia Tlaib. They'll celebrate. The rest of us will commemorate. The rest of us will memorialize those who lost their lives on 9-11. This Saturday is the 20th anniversary of September 11. A terror attack that was funded, planned, and trained out of the Taliban-controlled nation of Afghanistan. On the 20th anniversary of the Taliban's attack on our country, American citizens will be held in that country behind Taliban lines. You, you, you hear that? Do you understand that? Does that not embarrass you? Does that not make you livid with anger? It should. On the 20th anniversary, the government, the terrorist organization acting as a pseudo-government, the Taliban, is going to have Americans held behind enemy lines. All because of an incompetent pre-Alzheimer's patient who somehow was installed as President of the United States. A man who doesn't know what day it is. A man who completely butchered the withdrawal. A man who lied to George Stephanopoulos on live television and said we will not leave until every American is out left hundreds of Americans behind. And on September 11th, as we are remembering what happened 20 years ago this Saturday, 
those Americans will be in uh, uh, in uh, be prisoners, be hostages, or be hiding from the Taliban that made it happen. The United States is not safer because we withdrew from Afghanistan. The United States, in fact, is in more danger. That's my belief. Change my mind on the other side. We'll be back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.